stacks on stacks over here, and we need these Bibles passed out. Um, as we do that, uh, once you get a Bible, you can open up to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It's pretty hard to find. Just go like two or three pages to the right, and you should be able to get it. Genesis 1, verse 1. We won't dive into that yet. If your row still needs Bibles, put your hands up. Maddie would love to bring you some Bibles. <laughs> oh, back there. We see that hand. <laughs> All right, everybody got a Bible? Everybody good? Gucci? Sweet. All right. Let's come back together. I know Bibles are really exciting. Um, so we're starting a new series tonight, uh, and both groups are starting it. We will sometimes uh, be all together like this along the way as both high school and middle school goes through this series. Most of the time we'll be split, just like our normal uh, kind of thing. Like next week we'll be split. Andrew will te be teaching high school. I'll be teaching middle school. Um, but with starting something new, just thought it'd be a cool, cool feel for our group to be like, hey, we're all not high school musical, but we're all in this together, right? Um, and we are. They're, they're, we love ending our night together, and most of the time, for our teaching time, we're, we're split apart, but it's kind of cool to, to get to all be on the same page of, of what we're learning, what we're diving into. And this, this new series is called The Story of God. And the hope for this series, um, whether you feel like you've grown up knowing the Bible your whole life, you heard, you've heard the stories a ton of times, or whether um, maybe in the last couple weeks or last couple months or even tonight, you really feel like this is the first time you're even cracking open a Bible um, or you're newer to the Bible, we're going to try to take a bird's eye view, um, right? Like at, at uh, I don't know how high birds fly, but uh, let's say, <laughs> I'm not even going to go for it because um, <laughs> I'll just sound dumb. Uh, we're going to raise our perspective up to not always be able to see the details of what's going on throughout the course of the Bible. If we tried to, if we tried to go through this whole thing start to finish, we would be here for the next 50 years together, um, and it would be great, but then we'd probably be done if we went verse by verse, similar to what we did with Philippians for high schoolers. So we're kind of taking this bird's eye view of, of seeing some of the big themes, the big storyline from the start of the Bible to the finish. What's going on? Because if you have tried to get into the Bible before, whether it's on a Wednesday night at youth group or a Sunday or on your own, sometimes we come across passages that are like, what is going on here? Anybody ever had that before? You come across something and you're just like, what is going on here? I don't know how to understand this. And sometimes it's really easy for us to get caught up in the details and forget the big picture of what's going on. So we're stepping back a little bit to get a big picture. The hope is when we all come through this series, we could all have a better idea of what is the Bible all about, right? What is the Bible all about? And it focuses on, as we'll see tonight, the main character of the Bible isn't King David or, or isn't, the, um, isn't Joseph or these other people, but it's God. God is the main character of the Bible that continues. So we're going to look at the story of, of who God is. And also along the way, we're going to look at how does my story connect with God's story? How do I start to see God's story and what's taken place here? And how does that 
impact my life? What does that look like? Um, so a couple things along the way uh, in our discussion groups as we still get to process um, these lessons and stuff like that, we're going to do our best with what we've heard of the story of God so far we're going to focus on that piece. So for instance, tonight we're doing kind of the prologue, like the intro to the story of God. So tonight in your discussion groups, it's like you're hearing this for the first time as, as, as we go through this story. And so you're just going to focus on what we know of the story so far of what we covered. For instance, Jesus as a man does not get brought up in our story on the first night. So we're going to try to look at what is going on in this story. Who is God? How do I relate with what God's doing? What is God showing me about who he is through just this story that we're focusing on tonight? Then the next week, right, we'll add another piece of the story so we can look at that piece of the story and what we cover tonight. Does that make sense? Right? That'll be tough for us. It'll be tough to kind of focus on each of these pieces because sometimes we just know, we talked about this with middle school last week, we know the right answers, but we don't always know why they're right. Right? They haven't necessarily sunk in from our minds to our hearts. And we don't know exactly why we're right, but we know to say, oh, Jesus is the right answer. But we're going to take it step by step along the way. And a big thing, and listen to me on this, ask questions along the way. Ask the question, why? Why is this important to the story? Why are we covering this tonight? What does this have to do with God? What does this have to do with my story? Why would God put this story in the Bible for us to know who he is? That is such a good question. I've said it, I think, a lot of times, but the only dumb question, because that's a big fear of ours at times. I don't want to ask a dumb question. The only dumb question in my book is the one that you keep to yourself and think that it was a dumb question to ask, right? We want to be in an environment here where we can come with all our questions. We can come with where we're at, and we can wrestle through this thing together and learn more about who God is and what that means for our lives as well. So, we're starting off with a story called Beginnings. And how this works, there's a story that's been written out, and it's taken from all these different spots in the Bible and compiled it into one story. And the story that we're diving into, Beginnings, tonight, I want you to imagine um, a TV show, right? Uh, and, and do you know like what a pilot is for a TV show? When they're just trying to get a TV show going and they put the pilot out there, sometimes it's just one episode, sometimes two. It's like, will this thing actually be able to run? Like, will people actually get engaged with this thing? And, want, um, and will we keep airing it after this? this? This story that we're diving into is like this pilot episode. So I watched Lost growing up. Any Lost fans here? That's like, well, thank you. Um, don't need to be ashamed. Um, people tried to tell me I needed to be ashamed for years. Uh, but my wife and I are actually watching uh, through it again right now because she's never seen it before. And it's got its bumps along the way. But, um, but the opening episode of Lost, right, what, what a pilot episode wants to do is they want to grab your attention quick. They want to rope you in into loving these characters, into hating some characters. They want you to be confused about things. They want you to be wanting more. You want answers. You want to keep watching because it's like, how is this going to come to a resolution? How are they going to take all this chaos and make it right? And what are they going to do next? The opening of Lost opens with a plane just being ripped apart. 
And all these people are crash-landed on this island, and you see how they're coping as, as there's tragedy, as there's pain, as they're bleeding, as there's shock. Some people are trying to fix things. Some people are trying to help people. Some people are just terrified. And then by the end of the episode, I believe it's the first episode, maybe it was the second one, there's this question at the end, because this island they've crashed on isn't like any other island they've ever been to before. And the question is, where are we? And the story we're diving into tonight, it's going to change how we might look at life. It's going to leave us with the question of, what's going on? This is different than maybe I think about things normally. And hopefully it's going to keep us wanting more to dive into the story more. So here it is. The story beginnings. It could be helpful for you to close your eyes. It could be helpful um, to just listen. But I want you to visualize this story as it's being, as it's being told. Try to get yourself there. This story is about a being called God, who has always existed. This story from the Bible describes God as the creator of all things, including the earth and everything living. God is also described as the only one who always does what is good and right and perfect. Good, right, and perfect. The Bible uses the word holy, to describe God. In the Bible, God asked a man named Job, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Who decided its size and dimension? Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? God asked Job, were you there? Because I was. The story begins like this. When God set the foundations of the earth, the angels were already there watching. They were his first creation. When the angels saw God's power and creativity, they sang together and shouted for joy, giving glory to God. The most beautiful of all the angels was named Lucifer, which means bright morning star. When Lucifer saw the other angels praising God, he became jealous and said in his heart, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars, and I will be like God. Then Lucifer went and convinced a third of the angels to worship him. Although Lucifer had seen God's power in creation, he continued to lead the fallen angels, also known as demons, in a rebellion against God. All rebellion against God and his ways is called sin. But God knew what Lucifer was thinking and doing. Because of God's perfect goodness, evil is never allowed to remain in his presence. Because of God's perfect goodness, evil is never allowed to remain in his presence. So God showed his disapproval of Lucifer and his followers by casting them into darkness. Like a flash of lightning, they fell down to the earth. Lucifer's name also changed. Instead of being known as the bright morning star, he was now known as Satan, which means adversary. This is a story that we call beginnings.
So, with the person next to you, really quick, I just want you to recap, what did you hear? What did you hear in the story? What stood out to you? What's going on? What characters are taking place in our story so far? And then we'll come back together and share a couple things. Take a couple minutes. Ready, go. Maybe like 30 seconds, 30 seconds. All right, let's bring it back up front. Just a couple people. What's just something that stood out to you from the story? Or who's a character? Or what's, a, what's wording or verbiage that was used in the story? Yeah, Caden. Uh, I just thought I remembered specifically like one third of the angels. Uh, like yes, yeah, so some of the details in that. Totally, one third of the angels. Yeah, Ella. Yes. So you could almost picture like what's going on in Lord of the Rings of seeing this like there's, there's this supposed to be good and this change all of a sudden to evil and wanting more power. That's awesome. That's such a good connection. Any high schoolers, what's something that stood out to you guys? Yeah, Josh. And then we'll go over here. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and that's a, that's a hard thing sometimes to find in Scripture. There's some very specific verses that dive into that. So for a lot of us, that may, may have been new information. Autumn. Okay. There. <laughs> God's perfect, yes. That's awesome. We're going to come back to that for sure. Last one. Yeah, Kat. Yeah, there's this, there's this jealousy thing. There's some of this like high school drama almost going on here, right? Where, 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 where Lucifer sees God, and he's like, what he has, that's what I want. And I'll do whatever it takes to get that for myself. Great, those are such good observations. And hopefully, as we do this as a group together as well, we just keep getting to make observations along the way. Because how this is written is some of these themes are going to come back again. We're going to see these things take place in other characters along the way as well. And the cool thing about God is he's going to stay the same the whole time. Uh, we're going to see the depth of who he is more and more, but he's going to be the constant in the story. So, uh, anybody here 18? Any seniors here 18? A couple of you? Okay, so this, this won't apply to you per se. It mostly does. But everyone else in this room, besides the leaders as well, um, did you know that you were born into a war zone? From the day you were born, you've been in a war zone. 
Because for the last 17 years, the U.S. has been at war in the war in Iraq, right? So your whole life, we've been at war. Sometimes we forget that because when we look outside here in Camas or, or even in the States, for the most part, we don't see this war going on, right? We don't see troops filing out. We don't see people with guns protecting things necessarily. We don't hear gunshots or see explosions. But there is a war that's going on. And it's been your whole life. And even for you that are 18, right? Just a year of your life or a half year of your life that we weren't at war. And we see in this story that there's a war that's going on. And it's been going on for a long time. That things were only so good for so long. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But this, this story starts with a war. So let's look at Genesis 1, verse 1. Where did some of this story get, get its details from? And this may seem like you've heard this. 50 times, right? It should be up on the screen as well. Um, Genesis 1.1. I'll just read it out for us. We're going to verse 5. But try to listen with this story in mind as we read this story. What? Is there something on the screen that spelled wrong? No? Okay. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. The Bible opens up with this. In the beginning, in the beginning of this story, God. But yet that's the funny thing, is that this story, even though it's saying in the beginning, God's the one that starts this story because he was here before our story of what we know even began. God the creator, the only uncreated being in the whole universe that there ever was and that there ever will be, God started it all. In the beginning, God a God who has no beginning and no end. Hard to wrap our brains around, right? Because we always have a start to the day and end to the day. A start of a minute and end to an, a minute. Start of a school year, end of a school year. But God has no beginning and no end. I think we're starting to see who the main character is, right? In the midst of this. And it says that this God creates. And the first thing he creates is the heavens in the earth. There's this separation of sorts, right? The heavens and the earth. There's probably some cohesion as well, but there's these distinct places of heavens and earth as well. And it says also that God created angels in our story as well that, that we read, that the angels were there. And, and the angels they're not talked about a whole ton in the Bible. They show up time and time again, but there's not a lot of details about angels that we really know. Sometimes we like to make some stuff up that feels good about angels, right? Or Emperor's New Groove, we've got shoulder angels, Kronk's shoulder angels that are going on there. But there's not a whole lot we know about angels other than the angels in heaven were saying, holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord God Almighty, forever singing his praises. As they looked at what else he created, they were in awe at the splendor of the wonder of this God who always was and always will be creating. So the story talked about holy. You guys remember that as we read it? Did, do you remember how it defined holy? There was three, three aspects. That God is the only one who is. Anybody take a stab at it? It's okay. We'll hear it again a couple times. Good, right, and perfect. Amy had them. I saw it. Good, right, and perfect. Not just once, but all the time. God is holy. So, um, is there anybody here that likes to rebel? You like to rebel. You like to kind of go against the curve. Um, if somebody says, this is what we're going to do, it's okay. We can be honest here, right? Um, so, I don't normally like to rebel. Not my thing. Not my jam. Most of the time. Um, especially when I was younger. I was a rule follower until I wasn't. And, uh, but there was one thing where um, I, I'm a people pleaser by nature. That's one of the things I fall into a lot of the time. I want people to like me all the time. I want to feel needed by people. Um, and so a lot of the time, I would change myself throughout, throughout school, um, throughout high school and stuff like that, so I fit what people wanted. Um, and so I didn't really like to rebel against what people wanted. But there was one thing in college. Um, so when I started following Jesus, and I actually started helping out with this youth group. I was 19 years old, and uh, the thing about being 19 and working with high schoolers is you look like one of them, um, and uh, so I always got mistaken as a high schooler a lot of the time, um, and it was just, I was just a little weird, and I wanted to have some sort of separation, so similar to Matt Dennis in the back, I grew a big beard there, um, and I really liked having a big beard that made me look 20 years older, so I wasn't 12 anymore. Um, and at the same time, though, I was 19. Um, I was single, so I was trying to find a wifey right quick. Um, and so I was, right? Let's just be honest. Thankfully, I found one who is way better than anything I ever went for before. She's awesome. And if she listens to this, since it's recorded, I want you to know that. Um, but just being honest here, we can be real. Uh, I, I, was, um, I went after the ladies a little bit. They didn't so much go after me. Uh, but um, I, had, I remember a couple times there were some girls that uh, I liked, and I would, uh, what they said about me really mattered. There was a couple girls who were like, Matt, you should shave your beard. And that was the one thing that I was like, oh, really? Let me keep it and grow it even bigger and show you how awesome it actually can be, right? I, whenever t someone told me to shave, I'm like, that's another two inches. Keep talking, right? So I actually have a couple, unfortunately, I have a couple pictures uh, throughout the years. So you can go two over. So that was, right, and don't have social media because of what you can find, like, later. It's not good. This was an embarrassing trip down memory lane. So that was, that was decent size. Let's go next. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Starts getting a little fluffier. Uh, next one, this is where uh, it just gets, yeah. That was when we lost our coffee machine that made mochas. It was a sad day at harvest. Um, mainly just for me. But um, that was, I couldn't find, there was this one picture where it was like coming down and doing its own, like, you know when it does that, Matt? It like flips out to the side like you're a surfer, but a surfer beard just is not okay. But then like sometimes I would try things like this too, right? Oy. Yeah, not good. 
right? I would rebel. You can go to the next one. Nobody needs to see that anymore. No, you can go back that way, uh, right? We've all got things that we rebel. We, we, go against, we go against the grain. Whether we like to rebel or not, there's that thing that your parents tell you to do, and you're like, today, no, I'm putting my foot down. I will not pick up my sock, right? Um, or that your teacher tells you to do. And sometimes it's not that we actually even disagree with what they're saying. We just want things our way, right? We just naturally want things our way. And in, um, our view of rebellion sometimes is a little bit twisted, I think. Uh, any Star Wars fans here, right? Yes. So in Star Wars, right, there's the Empire, and then there's the Rebellion. The Rebellion are the good guys, right? Oh, whoa. That's too much for me. Um, the Rebellion, we'll say, in this universe, are, are the good guys. Or, or Hunger Games. Anybody like Hunger Games here, right? Katniss, she is rebelling against what President Snow says is good. There is a corrupt system. There's a corrupt person in charge. And she's like, I am not standing for this anymore. We're leading a rebellion, right? We're going against the grain. We're not going to follow you anymore. And rebellion, a lot of the time in our culture today now, is kind of sexy, right? Right? Like rebellion, I said sexy, and it's recorded. But right? Like in our, in our culture, we think it's kind of cool. We think it's awesome to rebel. We think it's great when someone tells us to be a certain way to go, no, I'm my own person. I'm going to get to be who I say I am, not who you say I am. I'm going to do me, right? Like every rap song pretty much is about rebellion, if you ever listen to rap. Um, and, and rebellion becomes kind of sexy. But in this story that we have here, there's a rebellion. But it's not rebelling against a corrupt system. It's not rebelling against a leader like President Snow, who's evil, or, or Emperor Palpatine, where things aren't right. No, the rebellion is against God, who is good, right, and perfect all the time. That he's holy. And the rebellion is against that. And the rebellion comes from Lucifer and the angels that he takes with him, convinces, which is kind of a crazy thought, the same angels that at one point were praising God because he was good, right, and perfect. Those angels get led astray, get deceived by Lucifer. And he says, no, I'll establish my own throne. I get to be the one that's in charge. I get to be like God. And that's a rebellion that is a scary one. Because Satan's saying, I get to be the one who's in charge now. I can do God's job better than he can. Why don't we turn to Ezekiel chapter 28, uh, and I think it's up on the screen as well. Nope, forgot that one. All right, Ezekiel 28, you can go back, yeah. And then look at um, halfway through verse 12, so where it says you. It's kind of towards the middle-ish of the Bible, middle to the right a little bit. If you see like Isaiah, Jeremiah, you're getting pretty close. So just keep going one book past Jeremiah. Two-thirds. Thank you for liking math more than me. <laughs> Chapter 28, 
verse like 12 and a half. Okay, so here's the thing with Ezekiel. This is a trippy book. Start to finish. This book is pretty trippy. It's a lot of the, the books that have prophecy in it that are written by the prophets. They're talking about situations that are very real. They're speaking truth from God into situations that are currently going on. But a lot of the time with the prophets too, they're speaking either about future things that correlate to what's going on right now. Or for instance, in this chapter, um, Ezekiel is, is calling out the king of Tyre, this evil king. Um, and what he's also calling out halfway through the chapter is the evil that's behind, the depth of evil that's behind the king of Tyre. That there's something more than just an evil man on a throne. There's, there's one who is more evil that Ezekiel is calling out as well. So try to catch, maybe, with the story that we heard, who's this talking about? It may be simple. You may have the answer already. But look for some of the connections and clues that it gives us along the way. So 12, kind of like A, where it says, You were, you were the signet of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. We'll skip ahead to 14. It just lists a bunch of precious stones. You were an, an anointed guardian cherub or angel. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst, and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub or angel. From the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. Who is this talking about? Satan, right? Here in Ezekiel, God's recalling back to the story that we just heard that Satan was, was beautiful. Lucifer was beautiful. It says like he, it was like he was covered in all these gems. Like this dude was bedazzled out, right? And yet his own beauty became his pride, became his downfall and said, I am worth all this praise. I am beautiful. I should be in charge. Even Revelation 12, we won't turn there, but it, it talks about this as well. Revelation 12 um, uses the, the comparison or the illustration of Satan being like this dragon. And it talks about how this dragon, there was this great war in heaven, and the dragon um, swept with its tail a third of the stars from heaven, Right? And these aren't actually talking about stars, but it's talking about the angels that he coerced to follow him. And our story said that all rebellion against God and his ways is sin. All rebellion against God, the one who is holy, that's called sin. And we're going to see that as our story goes on for a really long time, unfortunately. But we also see that God deals with rebellion. Have you ever had something backfire in your life where you're like, this is going to go so well. People will be talking about this for generations to come because of how well this will go. And then it does not go well at all. So um, 
high school, again, not a good time for Matt. Um, I guess the other one was college. But, um, and once again, had to do with a, a neighbor that was a female. And uh, it was a nice day. And I was like, you know what? I just got that like weird feeling of like, I just want to do something kind of crazy and awesome. And I want to get attention for it. And maybe, just maybe, she'll be looking out her window at just the right time for her to see this. Because that always happens, right? Just like the movies. Um, so, of all things, I decided to grab my sister's pink Barbie bike. Didn't have training wheels, so this is the real deal. But it was like about this tall, like right down, down there. Um, and it was one of those bikes that has brakes that you had to pedal backwards, right, in order to do it. So there's this little hill uh, where we lived in our cul-de-sac. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the top of the hill. I'm going to ride down on this little Barbie bike. And then... Um, It'll be awesome. And I'll take my shirt off while doing it. <laughs> Not like I worked out either. Um, so there I am, shirtless, um, and on the pink Barbie bike. And I'm ready to go down this hill, and I'm like, man, I hope she's looking. I can't tell if she is or not because there's trees covering her whole house. But man, if she can see through that one little window point right there, it'll be good. So uh, I can't reach the pedals, obviously, but I thought through that. I was smart enough at least to think through that part. I was like, you know what? I think I won't be going so fast that I could kind of put my feet down and break, right, by, by, by just using my feet and kind of, I've seen them do that in the movies, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, Sandlot, they did that kind of stuff. Uh, I can do it too. The thing I didn't think through, well, and that was a stupid thought, but uh, the thing I didn't think through is I didn't wear shoes. I wore Nike slides. So there I am in my Nike slides, pink Barbie bike, no shirt, and I go down this hill, and I'm like, this is for you. And then I'm, I'm starting to pick up speed, and then I'm like, oh gosh, I forgot. I don't like, like adrenaline rush like this. And, um, and so then I start to put my feet down, and pff, there goes one slide right off. And then I start to put the other down, and pff, there goes the other one. So I'm like, this is not going well at all. Um, and then my feet are starting to catch on the ground, and then finally it's like, I just got to bail and just, and blood all up and down my arms, on my feet, my hands, my legs. And I'm like, I hope you didn't see that as I like crawl inside with, yeah, that's got to be one of the more embarrassing things. I have why 17-year-old boys are just not smart. Sorry, guys. Um, we just do some dumb stuff sometimes, right? Sometimes when we're like, this is going to go really well for me. It doesn't go well at all. It backfires. And Lucifer thought that too. I'm going to establish my throne above God's. I'm going to even take his own angels and we're going to overthrow this thing so that my kingdom will be established. He wanted to incline, right? He wanted to increase. He wanted to, to, to even physically have a throne that was higher than the Lord's. But what happened in our story? Lucifer ends up cast down. The very thing that he didn't want to happen, right? He didn't go up. He just went down and he took them all with him down, cast to the earth, cast into darkness. Rebellion against God backfires. It does not go the way that we think. Sometimes we do it intentionally. Sometimes we don't. But it always backfires. It always takes us to somewhere we never thought we'd end up. It always takes us to a place where it's like we're crawling away 
bloody, beaten, worn out. How did I get here? How did things go this wrong? So what does this story have to do with us? Um, and just to be quick in wrapping this up, you guys have been such a good audience and such good listeners during this time, um, especially middle schoolers. Normally, lessons don't go this long. Thank you guys for being so awesome. Um, but what does this have to do with us, right? Because our, our, we just finished the end of our pilot episode, right? It comes to this, like, screeching halt. Satan and his followers cast down to the earth. And then if you watched Lost, all of a sudden the, the, the word lost would come in and go like, boom. And then you'd be like, what? That's the end? I've got to wait till next week? And then you're like freaking out all week wondering what's going to happen next. I can't wait till they solve this mystery. And then there was 40 more mysteries that came upon you as you were watching it. And that's how our scene ends. Is there hope going forward? There's conflict. The conflict has been established. The stage has been set. What's going to happen next? Ephesians 6, uh, you don't need to turn there. You can if you want. But Ephesians 6 talks about, and it's up on the screen as well, actually. It says this, uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now really listen to this verse. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And then it tells us to take up the whole armor of God so that we can withstand the attacks of the evil one. A lot of the time in this life, we think we know who our enemies are. They're the person that talks behind our back. They're our teacher who gives us a really heavy workload and doesn't give us a break. It's the coach that won't take us off the bench and put us into the game. It's the parent that you feel neglected by. It's the friend that betrayed you. That even as a country, we feel like very clearly we know in this war who our enemies are. But what this story reveals to us is we're not just in a physical war zone here in the U.S., in the world, we're in a spiritual war zone. And that our enemy isn't the person on our right or left, hopefully not. It's not our teacher. It's not our parent. People can do things that hurt us, for sure. It's not even really those people over in the Middle East. It's not ISIS. Our true enemy is the one that rebelled against God and wants to convince others to do so as well. Our true spiritual enemy Lucifer. That there's more going on, just like here in Camus. There is a war going on. We don't always see it. There's more going on than what we can see spiritually. There's a battle. There's a fight. God's already won, but it doesn't mean that the fight's over. And we're going to see that throughout our story. Because the enemy was cast down. He lost. But that doesn't necessarily mean he gave up fighting. So we're going to have to learn, what does this mean then to be strong in the Lord, to resist the enemy? And in this story, the last thing I just want to say with it is we look at these angels, and there was two responses to God. There were those who worshipped him, and those who said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. 
He's the only one who's good, right, and perfect. He's the one I'm going to follow. And then there's, there's those that rebelled. Those that said, okay, I'm going to follow this guy instead. Or even, I'm going to establish my own throne. I want to be in charge. I want control. Where are you at with God? If you're honest with yourself, are you in a place of rebellion, not wanting God's ways? Are you in a place of worship, acknowledging his goodness, being satisfied by who he is, knowing that he's more than enough, that he's the creator, that he has no beginning and has no end? Who else would I put my trust in? We'll have to keep going next week to the next part of the story to see what happens next. I'll pray, and then we're going to go to our discussion groups. Jesus, I thank you. You're our king. You're our savior. And God, I thank you for this part of the story that we, we get to see a bit of who you are and what you've done. And God, I pray for us that, that feel like spiritually we, we just continue continually rebel. We continually don't follow your ways, and we want to follow our own instead, and maybe even some resonated with just feeling like, like, how did that backfire so bad? How did I get here? That, God, you're still present. You're still, you're still there, and that those ways, are, apart from you, are sin, but there is hope for restoration. There is hope that could only come from you, so would we seek that together? And as we come back together later to sing, would it be true worship, Lord? Would we see that you're the only one who's good, right, and perfect always? Thank you, God, for allowing us to worship you. In your name, amen. Uh, We're going to break into our our discussion groups. Um, Let's do uh, high schoolers. If you just, do you know where you're going pretty much? High schoolers know where they're going. Middle schoolers, let's do sixth grade um, with Ben. Uh, We'll do seventh grade. with uh, seventh and eighth grade with Kai and uh, Joel. And then, yeah, high schoolers, break into your groups. We'll be back at 843. Middle school staff, are you still in here? Middle school staff? Let's, middle school staff, let's meet back in room five at 835. 835.